Hi, I'm Addie George with Plan Sponsor Consultants, and I will be one of your hosts here on the Plan Sponsor Consultants podcast. We strive each week to bring to light a topic relevant to those who administer a retirement plan for their employees. I'm joined again today by Mike Kane, our founder and managing director. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Today we're going to be talking about cybersecurity as we recognize National Cybersecurity Month and how this topic applies to employer-sponsored retirement plan space. Before we jump into it, please remember this information is designed to educate plan sponsors, but is not intended as authoritative guidance or tax or legal advice. Each plan has unique requirements, and you should consult your attorney or tax advisor for guidance on your specific situation. You can find out more information about today's topic and all of our topics and our firm on our website at plansponsorconsultants.com. I like that, and neither of us are cybersecurity experts. However, we've been having industry discussions around this topic for several years now, and what we're going to be discussing today is the guidance that was recently set forth by the Department of uh, Labor. Throughout this month, uh, we're going to be posting additional episodes on this topic as well. Well said, Mike. The Department of Labor first issued guidance on cybersecurity for employer-sponsored retirement plans in April of this year, 2021. So it's been around six months now, and several prominent ERISA law firms have confirmed that they're beginning to see audit questions asked of their clients regarding this guidance. My first question to those of you listening today would be, have you seen this guidance, and what have you done to document your process if you were asked by an auditor about your cybersecurity for your 401k plan? If that question scares you, definitely stay tuned while we break down the guidance. So this guidance was issued in essentially three parts, provider, plan sponsor, and participant, or as they formally called them, tips for hiring a service provider with strong cybersecurity practices, cybersecurity program best practices, and online security tips. It's important to note that these are written as tips and best practices, but they do seem to set out at least a minimum standard that they're beginning to expect to see and we expect to see implemented in the future. Also important to note, they apply to all ERISA plans, so we expect to see this apply to health and welfare plans as well. So let's, let's actually take these in backwards order today. I know that seems counterintuitive, but let's work from a participant up to the top. Great idea. So on the participant level, what the Department of Labor put out were some very basic online security tips. These are things that many of us have seen a variety of times, such as use secure passwords and utilize multi-factor authentication when it's available. Use secure Wi-Fi networks. All the things that we should probably all be doing to protect ourselves online anyway. So what seems to be the plan sponsor's role in this? Well, it seems from early reports we're seeing with audit questions that the Department of Labor is looking to see that you've provided something to your employees on this topic, be it training or an email or a handout, just that you've done your part to communicate and educate employees on these basic online safety tasks. So the next time you're doing some security training, add a copy of that to your ERISA plan documentation folders as well. Your record keeper has likely also developed some pieces that you can utilize to inform your employees and document that you have done so. As with everything with participants, we can't force them to use strong passwords or protect themselves online. But the expectation seems to be that you give them some reminder nonetheless. So let's jump over onto the record keeper side of the house. 
Yes, yeah, so the, the guidance here was much more specific. It gave 12 distinct best practices, which are discussed in length. You can find those, of course, from the Department of Labor, and we'll have to link in the show notes as well. Overall, the guidance was to have a strong, well-documented cybersecurity program with some specific definitions to some of this. They're also looking for how well they secure from inside and outside threats. And I would just add as one example, uh, we saw Empower produce within days a piece that showed what these 12 distinct best practices were and how they were meeting them. This is where it can get a little technical and specific, which is good for the record keepers and service providers, but it's tough for the plan sponsor. After all, I suspect most of you listening today are not system security experts who care to evaluate and assess the controls or the system development life cycle of your record keeper. But what you can do is ask your record keeper and your other service providers how they are complying with the DOL guidance. And as Mike referenced, a lot of them have already put together a document to make this very easy for you. Again, the Department of Labor isn't expecting you to be a cybersecurity expert, but they're expecting those record keepers to have experts in their organization. So that brings us to the plan sponsor's responsibilities uh, with this issue. They gave six tips here. Let's break them down. So the first one is to ask about the service provider's security standards, practices, and policies. So we would recommend asking your current providers to document to you how they're complying with DOL guidance on cybersecurity. Like we've already said, most have created a document and they have it ready to pass to you if they haven't already. You will also want to include this in vendor searches in the future. So ongoing, if you're benchmarking or selecting a new provider, you want to make sure that you're including these questions in your search. Also, if you find that your provider is not adequately meeting the guidance, it might be time to consider an RFP for a provider that does protect your employees' personal data. And and I would add, too, that there are record keepers who have had security breaches in the past. So this is important. And and if you're choosing a record keeper, remember, that's a fiduciary decision. But that ties directly... um, Uh, with a second item, which was to ask the service provider how it validates the security practices. How does it put it to the test? Same as item one, this needs to be part of the documentation as well as the benchmarking of vendor searches in the future. And the third recommendation was to evaluate the track record in the industry, including public information. So do a quick Google search. Check out the vendor. Have they had breaches in the past? If so, how did they handle it? Do they have cybersecurity experts in their leadership team? These are just a few examples of questions. And, and that gets directly into point four, which is to ask the provider directly about their breaches. So after you've done the public search, ask them if they had breaches and what happened. How was the access gained? How, what did they do to respond? What have they done to prevent it in the future? And tip five gets into insurance policies of the service provider. This guidance is to find out if they have any, but again, it doesn't expect you to actually evaluate their policy. And tip six, which is really important, has to do with your contracts. Ensure that there is language in your contract that includes ongoing compliance with information security standards and cybersecurity standards. These standards are constantly changing as hackers and security become more developed daily. As such, ensure that your contract includes this. Remember, 
that your contracts are typically longer term than the duration of security standards are in place. So ensure you're protecting the participant data in the long term. I heard someone say at a recent conference, think of your participant data as another plan asset. And that really stuck with me. You likely have a very strong, prudent process around the selection of your investments and how you're handling the actual investment options in the plan. So why would you not do the same for your participant data? And so to conclude, the Department of Labor is already beginning to ask these questions when they do audits um, of employer-sponsored retirement plans. We expect it to hit all ERISA plans, you know, both retirement plans and health and welfare, too. Your responsibility as a plan sponsor is really to have a documented, prudent process for how you're monitoring the service provider and document that you're encouraging participants to be safe online. It is really the same things you're already doing just to add cybersecurity to the checklist. So as always, before we sign off, we want to encourage you to take a look at the episode notes for some additional links and resources on the topic. Subscribe to this podcast and keep an ear out for more cybersecurity topics coming your way throughout the rest of the month of October. And thank you for joining us today. And I'm Mike Kane. And Addie George from Plan Sponsor Consultants.